Get ready business owners that make under a million dollars per year. I'm getting ready to launch my brand new online Dominate Zero to a Million Dollars business hub with the goal of giving small business owners what they need to grow their business past their first million dollars. With the tips, the tools, the processes, the frameworks and the trainings to scale their business past the first million dollars without wasting years and millions of dollars like I did with all the trials, errors and mistakes that cost me. This will give those of you out there wanting to make your first million dollars the fast track to scaling your business. Stay tuned for the launch. So lately I've been getting in trouble and the reason why I'm getting in trouble isn't the reason why most people get in trouble. I'm gonna discuss it in this episode. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I talk about the many lessons, learnings, and tools that I've learned along my journey from being the private mindset and mental performance coach to rich listers, successful entrepreneurs, professional athletes, and more, all while running business and personal performance events for tens of thousands of people who wanna get the best out of themselves and their lives. This is my way of helping more people to excel in life, build successful empires, and be the best that they can be. I hope you share and enjoy. In this episode, I'm going to discuss why I've been getting in trouble and why it is an uncommon way of getting in trouble lately, but I've been called out on a few things lately and I want to discuss why I'm getting called out on them and that it's actually a really good problem. Drew Vermofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. For those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Michael Mojo, founder of Mojo Human Performance Institute and Mojo Business Multiplier. The reason why I do these episodes is that most people waste their life and I just don't want you to be one of them. All right, let me talk about why I've been getting in trouble. The suspense is killing everybody, I assume. I've been getting in trouble because I don't give straight answers a lot of the times to questions that I get asked on either podcasts or in interviews or during some of the recordings that I've been doing. And a few people have called me out on it and they've said, you know, why don't you just give straight answers? Like why most of the time do you say things like it depends? So if you watch my videos, you'll hear me say, well, it depends. So when someone asks me a question, it does depend because context has a lot to do with something. And what normally happens is that when you are unintelligent, and so an unintelligent person, which Sigmund Freud called the id. So when you are operating out of your emotional states, you drop into a part of the brain called the amygdala or it's part of the limbic system, which is more of the emotional system of the brain. Now that there is more of a pendulum that swings back and forward. And so the more emotional you are, the more emotional you become because you keep firing and wiring that part of the brain. So you see that people who are erratic become more and more erratic as they age. And this is why a lot of people in our society get more and more grumpy as they get older. They get more and more tired. They get more and more frustrated. And you just hear them, you know, they'll ring up Talkback Radio and they they just talk shit on there because they're just complaining about everything. You know, they get pissed off that it's raining. They get pissed off when it's sunny. They get pissed off when it's too hot. They get pissed off when it's too cold. And it's normally because they've just spent their whole life being emotionally driven. Whereas when you're intelligent, you realize that there's two sides to everything. Like in order to have summer, you've got to have winter. And in order to have winter, you've got to have summer. So like they're both relative. When someone says, you know, I've had a shitty day, it's relative. It's shitty compared to what? Like, where are you starting there? Like, are you shitty compared to the starving kid in Africa? Are you shitty compared to the person who just had three of their family members killed in a car accident? Like, was that a shitty day? Like when someone says, I'm having a great day, does that mean you just won a million dollars? Did you just win a billion dollars? Did you just crush it with your goals? Like, have you achieved everything you wanted? What does that really mean? And so a lot of the time in interviews or when people are talking and they ask questions, they want black and white answers. Like an example of this is I got asked recently, what's the best book you've ever read? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. Like I've read, I don't know, hundreds, if not over a thousand books. Like, I don't know. There's so many books I've read. I don't keep track of them all. I keep track now how many I read each year because I set goals. So 
you know, this year, my goal is to read two books per week. So I know that I want to read around 104 books a year. That's a goal that I track. Now, whether I make it or I don't make it is really irrelevant. It's just I want to learn a lot of information quite quickly this year. And so part of my goal is to be able to learn a lot by reading more. So, I mean, I think last year I read, it was over a book a week. I just wanted to push it this year. Now, when someone says, what's the best book you've ever read? What well, depends in what context? The best health book? The best health book when I had shitty health? The best health book when I had great health? Like, what's the context in it? You know, what's the best mindset book I've ever read? Well, it depends because I read different mindset books when my mindset's different. When I first started out, just a motivation book that went, just be more positive, was a great book. Like, that's where I started from. If you gave me a very complex book back then, I would have not been able to read it because I wouldn't have understood. So now when I read a great book on mindset, it's got to be heavily science-backed. It's normally on psychology or it's normally in the field of neuroscience or something like that. Like it's got to be something that blows my mind in order for me to find that it's a great book. And they're harder and harder to come by. When I read finance books or books on wealth creation, I would say that probably 95% of all the books on wealth creation are all the fucking same if they're good because most people have common ways of doing things. So in order to learn something great from a book now, I've got to read something that's a lot more complex or dives deeper into something. Or it could be just something that I've never really thought about that makes so much sense that it's great. So back when I first started, just the idea of why a person should save money was great. Like back then, that was like, holy shit, why would anyone save money? Like you put money in the bank, you can't spend it. Why would people not want to spend money? I don't understand. Whereas now, Reading a book, I know that saving is probably one of the most intelligent things that people ever do because when you've got a cash flow buffer, you stay safe or you feel safe. When you're safe, you're more likely to take on challenge. You're more likely to push yourself. Now, if you don't have a financial buffer, then what can happen is you're running week to week, which means you're going to be highly reactive because you're in the flight, fight and freeze response. So fear is driving your decisions. Fear is driving your behavior. And then what will happen is when you're fearful and scared and afraid, you will probably then start taking more risks because you want to get out of pain really, really quickly. And that's why when people are in a lot of pain, they tend to do more risky shit or take higher risks. Like if someone's got a lot of pain in their body and the pain's not getting better, they will tend to over-medicate themselves, which can lead to death. Why do they do that? Because they're in huge amounts of pain. My point is that in different stages of people's lives, the books that they read are completely different. So when someone asks me, what's the best book you've ever read? Well, it fucking depends. It depends if you're asking me personally through different stages of my life. Like if you gave me context and said, when you first started out, when you were like in your early 20s and you were crazy and erratic and fucking stupid, what was probably one of the best books that you read at the age of 22? And I could go, well, that one book that really started putting me on the path was probably Buffettology by Mary Buffett about how to invest. So that was where I started buying shares. I guess it was in my, I think, early 20s. So that book was revolutionary for me because I didn't really understand anything. And I read that book multiple times. When I first started getting into health, I remember reading a book on exercise when I was like 14 or 13. I remember reading the part about what a latimus dorsi was, which is essentially your lats. They're those big wing muscles that you get on your back when you train hard and do a lot of chin-ups or pull-ups or rows or things like that. And I remember learning that and being like, this is really, really cool. Like I'm starting to learn about muscles. So that was when I was like 13 or 14, when I first started lifting weights and exercising. So for me, that book was amazing. Now, some of the books that I read about physical performance and physical health, most are shit because I have such an in-depth knowledge of the physical body from having worked in physical rehab, 
from studying kinesiology, from studying nutrition, from studying all that shit over the years, from working in a medical center. And I still have access to some of the smartest people on the planet in regards to physical performance and physical movement and healthcare and so on. I'm an investor in a company that buys medical centers at the moment. It takes a lot more to impress me these days. So when someone says like, what's the best book you've read in the last three months, that's completely different than what it was back when I was 13, 14, 20, 21. I remember in my early 20s reading Paul Check's book, How to Eat, Move and Be Healthy. And that blew my mind because back then I was in the jughead bodybuilding phase where I was just lifting heavy shit all the time. I had back injury. I had a shoulder injury. You know, my body was falling apart. I'm going to the physio every week. I'm going, seeing other health professionals every week to try and figure out what's going on with my body. And my training was crazy and it was erratic. I didn't really know what I was doing. And I came across Paul Check's book and he's like, well, if you don't eat properly and you don't have good nutrition, then your body isn't going to heal properly. And so that's probably affecting the way you operate. And I went, ah, shit. Like I knew that food was important, but I didn't really understand the mechanisms of that. When I read his book, I went, oh crap, there's a bit more to this. So I started eating more organic foods. I started cutting out some of the shit that I was eating and some of the stuff that I was consuming in large amounts that I probably needed to change. I started going on more of a gluten-free diet. I started noticing that every time I ate anything with gluten in it, I bloated. And I went, oh shit, if I take this out of my diet, I'm probably going to feel a lot better. Now, I've never been tested for food intolerances, but I just know that if I eat food that contains gluten or wheat, I start feeling like shit and I bloat and I get tired and lethargic. Now, some people will debate me on that and go, well, you don't know if you're gluten intolerant or not. And I go, well, why the fuck would I eat it if I feel like shit? Why would I eat that if I bloat? Like, I don't want to walk around feeling fat. Whatever the mechanism is of whatever triggers that, there's something in it. So therefore, I don't want to consume it. So that's just me and my body and how I operate. Now, I can probably do tests and I probably will do tests. Like at some point, I will go on when that becomes a priority. I will go and get that tested. But for the time being, it's just, it hasn't been a priority. So, but anyway, my point is that that book was really mind altering to me. The idea of energy in and energy out, that when you use a lot of energy and you expend a lot of energy, you've got to spend a lot of time bringing energy back into your body through certain mechanisms, whether it be meditation, whether it be stretching, whether it be certain mobility exercises. And he was one of the first people to lead me to this back in the early 2000s. And back then that blew my mind. Like some of this stuff, it seems obvious now, but remember it wasn't obvious that the earth wasn't the center of the universe back, you know, a thousand years ago or whatever it was. That way of thinking wasn't available. Like now the things that we see as obvious weren't obvious at some point in time. So as we evolve and as we grow as a society, Things that once weren't obvious are now obvious. If you just go back a hundred years ago, it wasn't obvious that we could call someone on the other side of the world. Back then that shit was mind blowing. And in fact, a lot of it was like gypsy ideas. And so that now we just take for granted and we go, oh yeah, well, that's obvious. Well, it's only obvious now because it's been done. Back when I first started studying this stuff and learning from Paul Check, and I did a lot of his courses, that's where I did my high performance kinesiology studies and some of my nutrition studies. Back then, that stuff wasn't obvious, so that was mind-altering for me. And I still use some of those methods. I still use some of those tools because I think they're really effective. But I also went through, it pulled me into a stage of learning more about spirituality and it opened me up to philosophy. So if it wasn't for that book, I probably wouldn't have studied a lot of in-depth philosophy in the way that I have. It also started opening my mind to the idea of this thing called quantum physics or quantum mechanics. Now, what I was taught back then, I don't think was accurate with what I know now, but it opened my eyes up. You know, and I hear this stuff sometimes from, the scientific community where certain idiots out there will say things like, you know, Aristotle was wrong. Aristotle wasn't wrong. He was just piecing a jigsaw puzzle together. And as time evolves, 
scientists tend to piece jigsaw puzzles together, but they step off of the shoulders of those others before them. And so without Aristotle, we wouldn't have the science we have now. But I went back to go and study people like that. And so Paul Check's book opened my mind to that. Real quick, driven mofos, you know I don't run any advertising or sell anyone else's shit on this podcast. So the only thing that I'll ever ask from you is that you help me get this podcast out to more people and spread the word by rating and reviewing this podcast. I promise it will only take 10 seconds, so please rate and review if you haven't already done so. And thank you in advance. So coming back to it, when someone says something like, what's the best book you've ever read? It's very, very hard for me to give an absolute on that. And what they want is people want absolute answers, especially when they're not as intelligent as people that are more intelligent. Because when you're more intelligent, you know that there are a lot of gray areas and things are rarely black and white. When you're unintelligent, you want everything to be black and white because that's how you see the world is everything's black and white. When someone says, well, that's bad. Well, what do you mean it's bad? It's bad compared to what? It's good compared to what? That's right compared to what? It's wrong compared to what? Like, what's the data you have? What's the science? Like, run me through your train of thought. And so that's what I was talking about earlier in the podcast when I said that Sigmund Freud used the word id, that when we're in our emotional center, he called that the id because he said that people were more idiotic when they are in their id or when they're emotional. And so that's where the word idiot comes from. It means lower mind or small minded. So when we're idiotic, we tend to make decisions based on our emotional states and we want to see things in black and white because that's how we are in that moment. Like when you're angry, you see the world through the eyes of the emotion of anger. When you're in a state where you're sad, you see the world through the eyes of sadness. You don't see the world through the eyes of logic and logic is more balanced and a more intelligent state where you can navigate your emotions and control your emotions. So the prefrontal cortex of the brain is the part of the brain that mitigates your emotional outbursts. And so this is where you'll get an emotion. Like let's say driving the car, someone cuts you off, you're in a rush, and now you're pissed off and you're angry and you're aggressive and you just want to ram them off the road. When the prefrontal cortex kicks in, your brain starts thinking different. It goes, okay, why am I angry right now? Like what's going on? You know, this guy in front cut me off, but why did that trigger me? And you start to ask very good questions. That's starting to reduce the impact of the emotional states and pull you out of this hormonal state where your hormones are running wildly through your body and you've had this change in neurochemistry and chemistry throughout your body, where now you're in an emotional state and you're burning a lot of energy when you're in your emotions. When you're more logic, you can think more effectively, you're not as triggered. And so that's why I give answers like that. But once again, a lot of people want me to give those answers on certain things like podcasts or when I get asked to do media interviews, I get asked about all these questions, but it's very, very hard to give black and white answers. I try to, especially when I'm doing short form videos and stuff like that, because I'm talking to the masses. And so you'll hear me use more triggering language on my social media pages. I'll use more triggering language when I'm getting interviewed and things like that. Because what I'm doing is I'm trying to communicate to the masses through their emotions a little bit more. And I'm trying to get people a bit more triggered and so on. But when you come to my events, you'll hear me be a lot more balanced in the way that I communicate because what I'm doing is I'm giving you certain examples of things or I'm giving you things in a better context so that you can understand them more effectively and actually control your brain a lot better and control your emotional states a lot more effectively. So just remember the world is a massive gray area. It was Albert Einstein, one of the greatest thinkers in history, who said, today's facts are tomorrow's fiction. And I love that because it's true. Today's facts are tomorrow's fiction. Black and white thinkers, even scientists that are black and white thinkers will just say, this is the way it is. Science knows. Well, science only knows based on the theories that we currently have and based on the testing we currently have. That can change any moment. 
And I think the greatest scientists were also the greatest philosophers and the greatest philosophers also thought very scientifically. That's what I've come across over the years from studying these great people. There are a lot of people in the scientific community that are very black and white in their thinking, but they tend to polarize themselves and they can only see shit through a certain type of filter. And the same as people in the philosophy field, like the spirituality field, that can be very black and white in their thinking as well. They pull themselves across to the extreme of that philosophy. And that also means that they filter the world through that lens and they don't see things as they are. They see things how they wanna see them through their own lens of their emotional states. So that's why I give answers. Like it depends a lot on, on my answers. I hope that helps Driven Mofos. I hope that's a different insight into the way that I think. I never used to be like this. It's taken me a long, long time. I used to be very black and white in my thinking. I used to be very judgmental. I used to be very erratic emotionally. I used to get very angry very easily. I used to get heavily triggered. I would fly off the handle, hence why this year one of my goals is to go back because our event schedule isn't as high as what it was over the last couple of years. But I need to go back and get my nose rebroken because that got broken in a pub fight. The reason why I have porcelain veneers on my front teeth because they got broken in a fight. I've got a scar, if you see on the left side of my head, which is where I got stabbed with a bottle. I used to be very, very erratic and very fucking stupid. I'm still idiotic sometimes, but I'm human. You know, I don't mind having times where I'm a little bit loose and things like that because I need to have that to have the full experiences of life. But these days I'm just a lot more balanced and I operate more out of inspiration. I tend to have a better, I don't like using the word gratitude, but I like having a balanced view of people. Like I don't really believe that people do things for the wrong reasons. I think people do things for the right reasons. It's just the right reasons sometimes aren't that intelligent because most people are just trying to navigate life. Like my best mate has been to jail. That doesn't mean that he's any less of a person He's any more of a person. And that best mate I hadn't seen for many, many years. So I didn't know a lot of this stuff was going on. But he was a really nice guy and was just helping out people. And by helping out people, there was sort of illegal things going on. And that was just his personality where he was a really kind and caring guy and wanted to look after everybody. And by looking after everybody, he got himself in trouble. That doesn't mean that he's a bad person. It just means that he was not thinking probably in the most effective manner, which is why I love helping people perform better and doing things like this podcast where I get to discuss these topics. Because hopefully every time you listen to the podcast, you can take away one key learning. And if you can just think about that a little bit differently, then hopefully it can help you navigate life a little bit differently. And over time, you become more intelligent. You become more balanced. You think differently. And slowly you watch yourself grow out of certain friendship circles. You'll stop hanging out with certain people, even if they're family members, because you'll just think differently. Back in my 20s, when I first started realizing like my mindset was fucked up and it was really fucked up to the point where I remember listening to an audio. They asked me, what's one thing you're grateful for today? And I was like, fuck, I don't even know. Like, that's how shit I felt about everything. I hated everybody. I just hated life. You know, I didn't even know whether I wanted to be here or not be here on this earth anymore. Like, I just hated everything. I was getting night sweats all the time. I had chronic fatigue. I was working hard to try and get ahead. I was trying to prove myself to everybody else. I would spend every cent I had on either partying or trying to impress others. I was just in a really shitty place. And if you told me that I would be this like, I don't know, semi-nerdy guy that has spent, you know, over a million bucks on study and traveled all around the world learning from the smartest people and reading books about science and philosophy and chemistry, I would tell you that that sounds like the worst person I've ever met and that I would never want to spend time with that person because they're probably boring as shit and dull. And now that I know that person, I go, I can't believe I was that guy when I was younger, like now going out partying, drinking, living week to week, blowing all my cash pretty much once I get a paycheck, like the amount of dumb shit that I used to do. I look back at that person, I go, I don't think I could hang out with that person. So, you know, I think you develop and grow over time. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, Driven Mofos. 
Please, if you haven't rated and reviewed this podcast, please do so. I want to get this out to more people. And every time you rate, review it, or share it, we get this out to more people. And I just want to keep helping people live a great life and keep kicking massive goals. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Keep kicking goals. And I look forward to you joining me back here once again on another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. (laughs) 